0: Three, two, one. We are live with episode one, take two of the College Student Soapbox podcast. I am your host, Logan Dwyer, and I'm joined by my friend, Mr. Donald Conway. Um, you want to do introductions?
1: Yeah, might as well. All
0: right, yeah. you go ahead.
1: All right. Um, so hi, as Logan so kindly introduced, I am Donald Conway. I am a math major to Logan's continued surprise and a runner. Also, to Logan's continued surprise.
0: Um, I'm Logan Dwyer. I'm a sophomore at UWL, currently a nuclear medicine major, and. screw introductions, I don't like them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should probably say I'm going to be a junior at UW Madison.
0: Yeah. That seems relevant. Somewhat. Alright, so, considering last time we went off topic quite quickly, <laughs> let's start with <laughs> our important topic and then get off topic also quickly, but after covering important things. So, Do you, what do you believe, um, God, let me phrase this correctly, what do you believe the importance of, like, productive discussion is in our culture, and do you think that it is dying or being negatively affected in some way?
1: I think that's a really wonderful question. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the idea of productive discussion is inherently comparing and discussing the merits of different values that arguments are born out of different valuing different things, holding different ideals important. So the goal of productive discussion should be to identify the values that the other person finds important, and hopefully find some common ground to relate to them, and so that you can either reach a compromise or a conclusion about um, the ideals that you discuss. What do you think about that idea?
0: Yeah, I think that's fairly, like, I think that's a fairly good description of it. I just, like, feel especially, like, in politics, not not so much, like, between friends and stuff like that, but really in, like, high-level politics and, like, on social media, like, productive discussion just isn't there. It's kind of like people have their values, but instead of, like, trying to, like, relate between them, I kind of like get to the phase of they just reject everything that they don't accept, and then like nothing productive get gets done. And I think that's like very bad for how. Well, that's not how politics are supposed to work because we need to come to compromise. If
1: we don't reach a compromise, we don't make any progress. You
0: know, I'd want to look up the stat between how how productive like the Senate and Congress are these days compared to like in the 80s or even like before that because I feel like they've gone down right like generally
1: it certainly can feel that way um the first question I ask is how do you measure productivity
0: like legit productivity for like bills passed
1: that'd be a pretty easy stat
0: yeah I mean it's not like an all encompassing stat because like you know if you're in, like, a more stable time, you're probably going to be passing less, like, bills. But, like, even still, like, it's just a good, like, baseline stat of, hey, these people are able to come to agreements and actually get, like, things done instead of just deadlocking most issues. So, I mean, even I even feel like 10, 15 years ago, and this might just be, be me not paying attention as much, but you'd, like, the filibuster was never, like, so prominently used or such a big issue.
1: And it's also a little strange for us because 10, 15 years ago, we certainly weren't paying attention to politics.
0: No! No, but, like, just on, like, the side, like, you never really hear about it that much. I mean, there's still, obviously, their fair share of issues, and, you know, our young age, we don't exactly, like, weren't as up on them. But, like, even just hearing from people who, you know, were more into politics back then, it seems like, even they realize that it's become much more divisive.
1: I think it's easy in our society to surround yourself with people who think just like you. Whether that's your friend group or social media, um, it's easier to interact with people and to participate in social media that connects you with people who think just
0: like you. I mean, social media is the killer there. It's like, it's what it's built for. I mean,. It's really easy to find like-minded people on social media. You just go on Facebook, you type in—I don't know—something <laughs> "Latinos for Trump." Bang, you're in a group of people that like-minded people or whatever group you're—you know—you affiliate with. And then these people that like probably hold extremely similar opinions to you, they reinforce your ideas. And then, the, like the bet like the best slash absolute worst part of social media is that it knows what it's going to get, what is going to get um activity out of you, what's going to get um, oh, what's the word? Reactions. Reactions from you. So it'll give you something, so it'll feed you like posts that you'll either really like and agree with or posts that you'll really hate and disagree with. And then, so then these posts that you really hate, then you'll be it's a very negative reaction, and it makes it – even if like, the political climate isn't as divisive as it really is, like online, it seems that way because it's just either so hateful or so completely supporting. And there's no one in the middle, especially online, saying, hey, this is – you know this has its issues, but also this is, might be a good idea with some tweaks and changes.
1: So this um, increasing radicalization of the perceived political climate, regardless of whether it is truly political? That is a side effect of social
0: media i think it's i think it's like it's almost like a feedback loop or what came first the chicken or the egg did the political parties get more divisive and that like made people more divisive online or did the divisive people online make the political parties more divisive because like when these political parties see people being this divisive online it makes them that's the easiest way to see like what, what people think about things so when you know a certain policy on either side is getting attacked vigorously by the other side you no know, i can someone or a representative would want to support their consist constituents by religiously attacking whatever referendum that is on either side and it could also go the other way people see their representative or can take absolutely just being hardlined and not having any budge on a Policy, and then they follow out the same.
1: So well, it's the, um, the codependence of the uh, electors looking at the opinions of the electees, and the electees looking at the opinions of their electors.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to find any like scientific truth to that, and it's kind of maybe just a theory. But like, I feel like that's a reasonable like reasonable thing you could say, or like conclusion you could draw from the way that social media and content that's been going.
1: Well, if I find that I like policy X and policy Y of this person, and on policy Z I'm rather indifferent, since I like policy X and Y, it seems reasonable to say that I'd be more willing to support their policy
0: Z. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting point too. Because like I think most Americans are relatively like in the middle when it comes to most issues. Like, I'm pretty sure national polls place most people closer to the middle than the political parties, like, currently sit on the left and right. Yeah, but like, the thing is, these people, most people are in the middle, but they're not vocal, or it's instead the people who are on the far ends of the left or right spectrum, and they're very vocal. And then that's what gets the attention from their parties. They they represent the, the vocal minority who is more radical.
1: So then do people more in the middle have um, a responsibility to be more vocal about their views?
0: I think they should. Because I think, like, not comparing it to, like, that issue, but, like, kind of the age-old saying, first the Nazis came for the Jews, and I've said nothing, or, you know, the four stages, then they came for me, and then there's no one left to help me. Not that I compare it to that, but, like, if we don't, the people in the middle don't stand up for their issues, it's like, by the time we wake up and realize, oh my god, we have, there's, you know, you know, by the time we wake up, it's like, oh my god, everything's on fire, it's kind of a little bit, getting a little bit late to fix it, I don't know if it's there, I don't know if it'll get there. But I think it'd be safer if we start, people in the middle start, like, taking a stance here and trying to make a change so so that we do at least slow down this, like, rapidization of both sides, because both sides are honestly pretty, gone off the rails a little bit, a little bit.
1: And then we also have to consider, you know, our biases. Um, the that we come from, that influences how we see different things.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, you some some people think the right is perfectly reasonable, same thing if the left. I'm out of that opinion, but I think rather, like, objectively, like, you could, like, having things that, like, actively measure, like, where things sit on the political scale like it's gotten a lot more radical especially since like 2016 cuz like you you can have whatever views you want on Trump but the the democratic party's reaction to them was instead of like trying to go more to the middle and appeal to like you know more like center center centrist minded people they went even more to the left the counter trump being pretty like it's kind of like sideways to the right like further to the right, but also like in just a weird direction too, because he like he split from some from some very consistently like Republican policies as well.
1: It's interesting to think about. Um, what policies? What consistently Republican policies
0: did he split from? Um, I think his foreign policy was slightly different. I think he because he'd like some. Well, you think of the Republican Party, you think of them as pro um maybe not pro war, but more. <laughs> war-hungry, typically, or at least, like, more invested in foreign influence. Trump was, at least ran on the idea of being less foreign, foreign-involved. It didn't, like, exactly work out that way, but I mean, a, l- a little bit, and also wanted, um, I think it's relatively Republican, too, but Most Republicans, like, like trade and like the stock market, but Trump wanted a very America-focused stock market. That's not, like, extremely radically Republican, but, like, he focused on it a lot, which is, like, slightly different from most other Republicans, at least from my knowledge about it.
1: I'm
0: not sure on this topic. Yeah, no, I mean... We, that was, we were a bit young to vote. You, you could have voted in this election, couldn't you?
1: 2020?
0: 2020. Yeah, I did. Correct? Good for you. I did not. I missed it by, like, a week.
1: Oh, that's sad. Yeah,
0: No. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Voting, but...
1: Our, our civic duty and responsibility.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> it's only there were good choices. <laughs> but... I think our political party is kind of like back to <clears throat> productive discussion and how it should re- relate to politics. I think they've lost a bit of like the push pull that you need from Republicans. Both sides have kind of just locked themselves down and dug their trenches, and now there's just like it's just a no man's land in the middle. Because, like, typically, in a functioning like two-party system, or really any political system, you would have a conservative party it doesn't have to be the Republicans, but a more conservative party that values tradition the system that works right now. The system might be flawed, but it's okay the way that it is and we don't need to radically change it. Older people, right? Typically. Stereotypically, older people. Whereas the left is... They want change. the system is inherently wrong. we need to fix things right stereotypically, younger people um people of minorities or um disaffected or disillusioned people who have actively like witnessed the the issues of the system more more rapidly but like and these things are good, they're healthy. this is what we should want but. It, Correctively, they should balance each other out. Where the, the the left proposes a change, and the right says, "Okay, this might this might be we need we need to do something about this idea, but maybe not everything that you guys proposed. Let's make some changes." They make it so that it still it doesn't completely destroy the system, but small like slowly changes it over time, and then that, that then those get Im- implemented. Where the you know like if the left left by itself is just gonna just run off the deep end and just keep running and changing everything, whereas the right left itself is just gonna plant itself down and never move, and the system won't change. So you need like a balance of being able to slowly progress forward. Eh. like, do you think that's like a fair?
1: I think it's I think it's an interesting thought. That's like somewhere in the middle between. Um, significant change and no change exists.
0: Do you have to change this healthy, Yeah, because I mean, probably like conservatives can can propose change as well, but I think it's like a lot less common, at least, or most of their change is like protections to things and not like radical new policies, unless it comes to like defense or something like that. But, like very very rarely, rarely propose social policies. Whereas the left primarily promotion promotes social policies.
1: I have to look more into this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's a thought. So I think I. We spent a good. Or at least, like, it's something I took away from my. One of my classes this year. We kind of talked about political parties. I'm like, huh, this is kind of like. It's just a thought I had about, like, the purpose of these political parties. Mm-hmm. But, like. Even in the parties, but like with like the divisiveness of people, we've kind of lost that a bit. Where now the you know the left proposed changes that are maybe reasonable. Some of them are pretty reasonable, but a lot of them are quite radical, at least compared to like the current system. Which means that the right is just going to say absolutely no way, right? We these are way too radical changes. We need something more smaller. So then we're just deadlock and nothing gets gets done.
1: So the inability to compromise weakens the system.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think I mean it's hard to place blame for something like this. I think social media is a really big part of it, kinda of like where we touched on. And I think a bit of our culture too. Like, maybe even not just social media, but I think our culture is, with, like, the advent of technology, the ability to interact with people, like, in person. Because online, there's no real social cost to being just screw you, screw everything, just completely cussing someone out and just blowing up online. It's like that's normal. That happens all the time. It's quite funny when you find people like that find sometimes. So we support it almost because they get it gets likes and follows and you know you're you know the Republicans are owning the libs or the liberals are saying look at this dumb stupid ancient conservative who hasn't changed or anything. But I think like in person you can't just blow up on some or it's it's very rare that you see just like a complete, absolute blow-up meltdown in between two people. Like, you might disagree on your points, and yeah, you might not like it, and you might get, it might get a little heated, but most of the times it's uh, civil, reasonable, and you're able to maybe move on to a different topic where you can find some common ground, or at least compare your values, and even if you don't agree with them, think you might be able to at least come to a place where I don't really agree with you, but I see where you're coming from, from and why you would think that. Or another good outcome would be oh that's an interesting point I'm going to have to look more into that and see how that affects where I stand on a viewpoint and I think one it happens less because we're spending more time online and two I think it's also promoted and rewarded a lot less at least in like our classrooms like
1: this desire to win arguments
0: This is how, yes that's a huge thing like I think I've been lucky to have some very good classes, especially in college. I've had some good classes that we've been able to sit down and like, debate subjects and meeting people who are willing to sit down and debate politics and talk, you know, whatever about anything and be reasonable. People bring up good points. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I'll have to look into that. And You know, you you change your political and become start to create your own political values, which is what college should be for. But, like, really, in high school, like... I don't know your experience, but I don't feel like I experienced many discussions like that.
1: It's not exactly... Okay, are you talking about in the classroom or outside the classroom?
0: We'll say both.
1: Okay. Um, in the classroom, it didn't feel promoted at all. Um, it was... It, it felt a lot of desire, emphasis and desire on learning and learning this content. Um, so even the debates we did do, mostly for history, and those were, you know, set so long ago, it didn't feel yeah quite as entirely relevant. Yeah, I mean. Debating whether to ratify the Constitution was an interesting debate, but it's not remotely relevant in our society. Yeah, I
0: know, or it's like, looking back at the French Revolution. So I think, objectively, some People in the year 2021 can pretty objectively decide that chopping a bunch of people's heads off is morally wrong. Are we there, guys? Good. It's like... I, I think... I think you can discuss pre- previous events, but, like, it has to be a certain class. Like, my history class this freshman year of college was reenacting. So we spent, like, a month and a half just playing a character from the time... And you had to, like, act out how they would act, and you get to read, like, all of, like, the philosophy and stuff that they read and have the right stuff for them. I think that's a very good way of getting in their head. and You kind of understand, like, why you believe things. But, like, for, like, a high school class where you're not, like, doing that and just reading from a textbook, it's, you know, you're not going to look at it through the eyes of someone, you know, 200 years ago, you're going to look at it through the eyes of a, you know, teenage person in the year 2022 and it's like, wow, these people are just evil and terrible. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's not a good way.
1: We read uh, Calhoun's Defense of Slavery in AP U.S. History. That was, that was quite the reading. Only like a, paper, a sheet of paper front back, but he said some horribly racist stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm like, kids of this age just aren't going to get anything out of that, really. Like, yeah, it's important, I think it's it's very important to know about the, the dark sides of history and whatnot, but like, if you want to be able to relate it back to modern things, or at least like, understand why these conflicts occurred, and like, geez, why were people so dumb back then? You have to actually get in the minds of these people, because, you know, these people obviously aren't from our time, they don't, you know, they didn't grow up with smartphones in their hands, but most probably are your parents teaching you, you know, like equality and stuff like that, it's just, they were raised that way, and that's just how they think.
1: That, uh, that article was just, was because you realize what you can, how you can twist your words to make something absolutely horrible sound reasonable. So from valuable
0: from that perspective. Yeah, I mean I think I mean that's why we spend most most history classes spend a lot of time on the Nazis and how that happened. And I mean they should. the defining moment pretty much of the past you know hundred years. In mean, World War One and World War Two are kinda kinda just the same war, but they took a break. <laughs> but like understanding that is Very important, because, like, you know, you think... I think an important exercise, I think, that I think people should do is they should do, like, do a reenacting scenario over the course of a couple weeks in high school. Where they get to put themselves in the place of people living in Germany during the 1930s, whatever. And, you know, you get to roll and you have to put yourself and see how you would, like act like would you be a nazi and most likely probably yes like it's hard to like admit it to yourself but like most most of these people are normal people they're not evil monsters and yeah they probably re- saw what, what was happening like yeah this is wrong but you know they didn't have the full story like we do they got propaganda they were in, in a desperate situation their economy was trash It's like And then all of a sudden, hey, this guy, guy, stupid mustache comes along and magically things start getting better. They had a, they had a hundred percent employment rate, at least for white working class, you know, white, white males, like. Who? But that's that's insane. Like, we don't have that. I mean, obviously, stuff happened that's not good, but they didn't know about that. They're like, hey, I have a job. I make the economy's not trash anymore. Our country's actually not being useless. Like, this is good. And I think, I think it's important for people to put that so that not mindset. Cause of, and also to see, like, I know, um, Jordan Peterson talked about this. I heard him talk about this. For the Nazis, they had a very, and this kind of relates back to the paper that you read, and I think it's, Somewhat applicable to recently, but like they didn't just fear the Jews, right? Fear, you know, we're afraid of spiders or whatever, and whatnot. And when you're afraid of something, you cower away and you move away from it and you shoo it away, right? They were disgusted. They described them using things like words like disgust, and disgust is very different than fear. Because disgust, you want to just destroy it. You want to stomp it out. There's nothing valuable there. There's nothing interesting. And it's different in their language and how, how they took actions. Because they wanted to, like, pick our, they described them as rats. And they wanted to eradicate rats. And they eradicated them like rats with poison in gas chambers and stuff like that. And I'm very scared that. And, you know, similar thing, I'm pretty sure, with slavery as well. The, the white the rich white were disgusted.
1: Well, see, in in this case, it led to uh, eradication. They they saw them as having no value, but I think the difference is the white slave owners in the South knew that their slaves had value. It doesn't make slavery right, but they knew that in order to harvest the um, fields they needed well to do it the way that it always has been done in place mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's interesting but i think like the point that i want to make is that i think it'd be very bad if we start getting to the point where our political parties aren't aren't just like afraid of each other's actions but are just disgusted with them and just want to stamp them out and eradicate them because i think then it would become and i think some people, very radicals are kind of there, and then that becomes... You know, if you're afraid from afraid of something, you just avoid it. If you're disgusted by something, you just want to stamp it out and eradicate it. And that's bad, because that causes conflict. And conflict is, well, it's worse than avoiding things.
1: Conflict is what got us out of the Great Depression! Woo! <laughs>
0: That's 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 an interesting time. I mean, we were already doing pretty well in the Great Depression, though. Like, we're not doing we're not doing good, but America was doing a lot better than everywhere else, which is kind of kind of crazy to think about.
1: It was still pretty
0: bad in America. Oh yeah, it was very bad, but it was a global recession, so every I I know Germany got it. Extremely bad too, like worse than the U.S. So I think the U.S. remembers it so vividly because, well, we hadn't just fought the first World War, or at least like on our own soil. Yeah. So we weren't like rebuilding our country was, you know, just whatever. Most people had a car and a nice house, or maybe not most people, but like the st- the at ad- the standard average of living was much higher for the American, and then they lost it. Yeah. Whereas the, you know. When you're really poor, and then you're just really, really, really poor, it's like, wow, well, this sucks worse, but I'm still poor. It's hard to, like, really, like, see what you lost.
1: I, can that
0: argument. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel like that's a, like, somewhat valid argument, but, like, I'd have to look more into that.
1: The economic causes of recessions. Uh oh. Maybe I should take macroeconomics.
0: That sounds like something fun that you would enjoy.
1: <laughs> I took micro last semester.
0: It was easy. I don't know. It was. put really uh, when the when the recession happened. So, the U.S. had the recession, right? And then, to make their products more valuable to help, they placed tariffs. You know, what trade tariffs are? Sure. Yeah, they placed tariffs on all like the forum foreign, foreign foreign trade. And then all the other country, foreign countries were like, hey, wait, they can't do that. We need to make money of our trade too. So that everyone placed tariffs on each other and then it just went down even worse than it was before. like, oh, oh come on, guys.
1: That was something from uh, Microeconomics. Um, tariffs lead to, um, a deadweight loss to society. Um. So if we all have tariffs, we're all slightly worse off, because maybe your country can produce clothes more cheaply than my country, so I should import clothes from your country reasonably, mm-hmm. and then because you can do it more cheaply than I can. Um, if we put a tariff on yours, now maybe your clothes aren't so cheap anymore. I could just do it in my country for the same price.
0: Yeah, tariffs in like, foreign trade are a weird one. Because it's so hard to like predict how these things like really will work out And I mean, it's like How it depends because like it can affect like two things it can affect like the, the product and like the economy and the price of the product but can also affect like Like the, the the side effect of that is like labor in your country as well so I think Like at least um for America, I think We've benefited from having basically free trade with most countries, whereas we have a lot of cheap products. But I think we've suffered in terms of it's a lot harder for Americans to have jobs, like manufacturing jobs for America, which used to be like what ran just about most middle class families in like the 50s, 60s, 70s. We could you know work work you know work in a car factory, retire, have a good house, like two cars, lots of kids, and retire comfortably. Now, like, you're, you're never going to find that anymore, at least working like a maintenance job, because most of them have gone overseas, which has made things cheaper, but jobs gone. That's the balance.
1: So then, um, it, the production turns to things that, if overseas they can produce cars more cheaply, then what can we produce more cheaply in America so that we can export overseas? So then our labor force turns away from manufacturing and toward those other things.
0: Yeah, but it's like... The issue with that though is like... It's because it's like population size. So our population has grown, but we have less manufacturing jobs, which means you need more skilled labor. and. It's hard to replace like as many like manufacturing jobs with an equal number of skilled jobs, and because one there's just kind of less of them required, and it's also a lot harder to work like say as a chemical engineer than a worker on a factory line. Not not the average person probably couldn't be a chemical engineer.
1: You might need a degree. No, you would need. Go to school you would need a degree, <laughs> and
0: most people. I mean. Most people could probably do it, but it's just, like, it's very hard to get there. Yeah. Especially, like, you could probably stick someone, like, in college, and if they have were motivated enough, they could probably get just about any degree they wanted. But it's, like, getting there and not, like, one, they have to actively, like, enjoy it to want to do it, you know, they have to have the skills to do it, they have to, you know, have all the proper motivation and tools at their disposal and whatnot, and not like, you know, have some other basic or some other draw to a different career for you to be it like their family or just their own personal disposition where I don't wanna work in a I don't wanna work in a hospital. I want to work I wanna on the farm or I wanna work you know, I wanna be an engineer, whatever else.
1: And then also having the um The freedom and the ability to go to school for four years, for four years, make not much money during that time, with the hopes that you'll make more money after that time.
0: Yeah, and then more and more, more and more, more as time goes on, accrue just a ridiculous amount of debt while doing so. Like our parents, I I saw a statistic of this recently. I'm not sure like exactly how factual it is, but like you could pay for it large percentage of your college by working like part-time hours during the weekends with like basically minimum wage depending on where you went to college like obviously you're not going to pay your way through harvard but if you work worked pretty good hours part-time from the in college and say like the 70s you could pay for like a good chunk of your college now like yeah not a man i I thought you were talking oh no not now i was was looking at you sideways yeah like... like
1: I will tell you how much I pay for tuition. We will calculate this. Yeah, not
0: now. Like, you might be able to work all through high school and college and maybe pay for, like, a semester and a half, two semesters, if you save, like, half of your money working, like, an average summer job. But that's about where I'm at, like, right now. It's,
1: it's tuition, it's housing, it's books, it's food...
0: Yeah. I mean it, it depends a lot on where you'd like go. Like if you go to a tech college and transfer, which we have a very good system for that in in Wisconsin, like that that's not so bad. You could you could reasonably like pay at least a good portion of that if you go to like a relatively like not expensive UW school and you know, work work during the school year and do stuff like that and if you're coming from like an applicable situation, get grants and scholarships and whatnot. like, that's reasonable, but like, four years at a university with, like, not working during the school year, like, that's, and especially, like, if you're not going to, like, a small university and you want to go to a more prestigious school, now you're going to be paying out the butt.
1: I'm really lucky that you got know, to Madison because I get like an in-state tuition. Compared to out-of-state, it's just another world. Oh, yeah. like, international, it's just insane.
0: Oh, yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I know. I know, cause I know you applied for Northwestern, and they're like, what is it compared to math? Like, three times per semester, right? More than three times. More than three times? Oh my I god. Think. It's ridiculous. Yes. I know. I'm like, not only that, but then like, if you don't want to live in the dorms, you gotta pay for all your own food too, and housing. Like the housing is probably pretty comparable, comparable yes, to like a dorm, but like paying for your own food, I think that's that's pretty bad. It's like, especially if you don't wanna if you wanna eat more than just mac and cheese every meal, and like actually like cook cook some good things, that gets expensive, crazy fast.
1: That would be me next. This semester,
0: I know, man. <laughs> no, food is where they get you. At Disney, that's how they get you. It's all the food, like, yeah, you know, hotels are expensive and whatnot, and your flight, but like, and the merchandise is no, it's pricey, but like, no, it's within reason, but like, food is ridiculous. Like, for my family of four, like. 67 dollars a meal like three dollars for a bottle of water in the parks that's insane because you need so and they barely have any water fountains around either so it's like you need to buy water you need to stay hydrated there and it's 350 for a bottle you could get like a 12 pack of stuff like a crate of water from like woodman's for that price
1: yeah i I was we were volunteering at one of the W Madison concession games and for the band concert, and it was a super hot day, and so everybody wanted water. And we were selling water, I couldn't believe it, $4 a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, this, you know, what, I think 16 ounce, pr- pretty standard water, like, Medium water bottle
0: plastic Mm -hmm. smart water That's insane, I know and then Food and then alcoholic drinks are like For like the price of a meal for one That's a yikes like I was like kind of doing the math and running my math like, oh, what, if, what if like a group of college kids wanted to come down and go to Disney for like a week? It's like, yeah, you. Could. if you save a lot of money, you could probably afford a hotel. You could get park passes and all that. Just like, you couldn't eat food. You'd have to get like everything ordered and just eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day because there's no way in hell you're saving enough money to pay to feed like a group of people.
1: I think it's like the hill that the plan
0: dies on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feeding college-age, particularly males, is difficult enough when you go to Woodman's and the food is like, reasonably priced. It just ain't gonna happen, and ain't gonna happen, and, like, or resort or anything.
1: We should we check to make sure it's recording.
0: It is recording. So I can see it right here. Isn't that nice?
1: So you viewers out there will get to hear this. Our second take of our first episode. No, this is not scripted, contrary to popular belief. This is a very different discussion than we had earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. I've I am caught up on Miss Marvel. Alright. I'm okay. gonna to point to do that.
1: Oh wait. The new ep- new episode came out today. I haven't seen it. Today.
0: I have not seen that one. Alright.
1: <laughs> we're so, on the same page. We're on the
0: same page. <laughs> What did you think? (laughs) Very good so far. There we go. Episode three, a lot happened in episode three. Yes. Jeez, oh my gosh. I think probably the best episode so far. Yeah. Yeah. I I
1: I found episode four
0: a little confusing. I didn't quite follow the plot. Yeah. Um, Oh the show has a issue. I really like the show's art style though. I kind of like how they have the, like the comic book like flashes going on in the background. where You kind of like see what she's animating in her head, like come to life on the screen. I think it's really cool.
1: Or like uh, when you see like the text in the windows, mm-hmm. I kind of
0: like that. I like that stuff too. I really like the, that touch. It reminds me of the um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse.
1: I knew you were gonna say that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like that touch. I think that's a it's a cool touch.
1: I mean I feel like the, the the feeling is almost similar, right? They're both, you know, high school students mm-hmm. um kind of entering this bigger world.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, I know. Like I think the overall story is pretty good. I only not think she has to kind of drop plot lines a little bit. It's a bit kinda of all over the place with the show. Like the um the girl at her high school. I thought we were gonna get something of that and it didn't really happen.
1: I hope fifth episode. Yeah, she <laughs> just, just figured out her identity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like. The, the British kid. Uh, yes, Conron. Conron. He's fine, I like him. Though, like, when he came to war them, it just kinda. kinda didn't sell it for me. <laughs> Maybe just cause it's British. Just cause he's British. I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't work for me because, again, it just shows up randomly, like. Oh, you you'll have to leave. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, eh. not really selling it here, champ.
1: <laughs> a for
0: effort, though. A for effort, but like, overall, I I, I enjoyed the show. I'm I'm curious what we're gonna see in episode five, which is out yes. and like, did she? I think she like went back in time, maybe, or it's like, what happened to in the episode time. Per- so she's on like. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, Aisha showed up, and she, like, hit her bracelet. I forget the actual name. And then, like, she, like, astral projected back in time. Or she's just actually there. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> like, I'm interested. I hope that I kind of hope they don't spend the whole episode there, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, it's another side trip. Like, we all enjoy our good side trips, <laughs> but, like... I think we kind of just want to get back to the main...
1: Because this is Kamala's story. Yeah. And it's important to understand her roots, but like, we're like, we want to see what was her friend's reaction to her revealing her identity. She wasn't touching her back.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm like, why did the Department of Damage Control just not instantly nab them, too?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a fun
0: <laughs> Like, technically there's nothing wrong. So, like, yeah, they might be assholes, but they're still the good guys. But, like, <laughs> come on, guys. We, we should be nabbing them, too, if you're going to be doing, putting the horn out. And also, how did they escape? Come on, guys. <laughs> it's better to just show that they escaped off-screen, in my opinion. It's like, it's supposed to be a supermax prison. Some you just ninja kicked your way out of being shamed <laughs> above your head. Like, oh, I like, yeah, it's cool, but, okay, you got off of the the, the walking handcuff thing. There's still, a, there still should be a lot of locked doors and guard towers and walls that you have to get through to get out of the prison system. Oh, there's a staircase, let's go up to the roof, oh, we're out of here. Like, no,
1: they rolled they a roll the natural one on their escape roll. Hmm!
0: It seems that there is a door here and it leads to the outside. You don't think this should be possible as this door does not connect to the outside of the <laughs> prison, but you go anyways.
1: It's a, it's a dimension door.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, now, cast a random dimension door there. Oh, okay. I'm like, hmm. So the Super duper secure su- prison for superheroes is less secure than the regular average Joe prison in r- the real world. Okay. okay. Believable enough. <laughs>
1: I thought you were initially talking about how Kamala and Bruno got away from the Department of Defense. Oh yeah. I, that,
0: that, was, that was my original <laughs> point. But then I'm just going to harp on the, the people escaping it's a fun show yeah it's it's, it's something different i'm happy Found. marvel most of the marvel shows have actually been like kind of off the tracks a little bit and i think they've benefited from it i think like the shows that have been like off the tracks have been pretty good i haven't I've seen moon knight but i think you you liked it didn't you Relatively weird show, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. Like, that was good. Loki was very good, and Loki was very weird. WandaVision, I rate, like, decent. I think it's, like, like the most probably average show. Because when was their first one?
1: And, you know, it was
0: very weird. I mean, the first episode was literally just a sitcom episode, and then they slowly just lost the sitcom bits as it went on. And then, um... Falcon and Winter Soldier was like the least like kind of weird out there, and was probably the worst show that they put out, but, in my opinion.
1: I had nine eye hopes for Falcon
0: Winter Soldier. I really did too. I really like Bucky. I, I like Sam. I was just kind of like, the villain just didn't sell it. Zemo slayed. <laughs> he did awesome. <laughs> and then they got rid of him. Like, he yeah, was the most interesting character.
1: Z- Zemo was supposed to, this. Zemo, Zemo was the final boss. Yeah. Really
0: yeah. Zemo was the most interesting character there, like or at least like written to be. I feel like I feel like you guys had so much more of Bucky and you just did nada. Like Sam was okay, like his character arc was like good, but I didn't really find it You could have left that character arc the same and had a better, different villain and the show would have been better for it, I think.
1: I guess the the, the fly smashers just didn't didn't feel right somehow
0: i like the concept i just i don't know why it doesn't work and it doesn't work maybe i'm just not afraid of 16 year old girls <laughs> <Superpowers>. <laughs> it's like Come on, guys. We can like, she was fine. I like the concept of like being then being displaced by the blip and standing up for that. But like, okay, we're standing up for it by murdering people. Ah, right, okay, interesting direction. And I think the I think the final act, like, I know I've talked about this to you a lot, but like, I don't think I that it could have been better, like that they had a perfect setup for, like, something done in, like, the tower where they were for, like, the final action scene, and then they just put people in the car. Like,
1: a, we wanted to die hard.
0: Yeah. So much more interesting. Right? Uh, where they take hostages and make the world watch instead of, oh, no, they're taking them away, but where are they taking them? What's the, what's the point here? Hold them at ransom. There, demand this and that. I don't know. It's easy to it's easy to complain about things in movies. Like it's a lot easier to complain. Like I love pointing out like the good things, but it's not hard to do that. Especially, especially in something that's kind of just average and not like outstanding. Like. You don't remember average scenes and remember, Oh that that was that was good. Like you remember the outstanding scenes and those are like what you point out. Like when you talk about like great movies, you talk about the the iconic scenes that are just beautifully written, everything cut close together, like perfectly.
1: I felt like half of the scenes that Zemo was in were just wonderful.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Like Zemo dancing (laughs) was just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so unnecessary and yet like it's probably the best thing that happened that episode <laughs>
1: that was the background on my own screen for several months oh yeah i
0: I'm pretty sure people like loved it so much Marvel released like like a twenty four hour cut of it and it had like his full dance because they cut they cut it during um you know, they just cut it, it as like a small clip in the episode but they released like the full thing and like a full 24 hour version because people like this is hilarious and the best thing that I've seen from Zemo ever I mean Zemo's just such an interesting character because I mean he had the opportunity to become a superhero and he just like straight up destroys it and turns it down like yeah he's a bad guy but he is committed <laughs> committed to his point point. <laughs>
1: incredibly arrogant, too. Yeah. <laughs> but not, but in an interesting way, because he's arrogant in his ideals, because if he was truly just arrogant and believed that he was the best, he would have taken the super-soldier serum, because that would have, in theory, helped him pursue his ideals. But he's so stubborn in pursuit of what he believes, that he will follow that to the end.
0: He doesn't believe it. He lives it. Absolutely lives it. I mean... And he's not just, like, a dickhead. Like, he is absolutely a dickhead. But, like, not an unreasonable dickhead. Like, he sees the reason in helping them. He sees, like, an end goal off, out of it. So, I don't know. I, I like Zemo a lot.
1: I still think there should have been some sort of betrayal at some point. Where Z- Zemo's like, and now I take my leave. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, like, steal something or take something or, like, puts him in a situation. It's like... I could save you. You're gonna have to do something for me as well next time. Very, you know. on Zemo to not just do some play play for himself by the Zemo handbook. He's he's got Han the Han solo in him that way. It's, he'll he'll play along, but it's for his own benefit.
1: He dances to his own too,
0: Yes. And that's why we like him.
1: So one of the things I had discussed with you is that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam is the only one who does not believe he had justifies the means. Because Carly believes it, she's willing to kill people, um, Zemo believes it, he's already proven that, mm-hmm. to an extent Bucky well, likely believes it, but Sam is not willing to sacrifice his ideals.
0: The question being, is, do the gen- ends justify the means? Yes. Or what are my points?
1: The, the, like, the Sam is one of the very few characters in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, who does not believe the end justify the means.
0: Uh, so are we talking in-universe here, or just in general?
1: Uh, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show.
0: I don't know, I mean, Marvel Marvel isn't exactly an ends-doesn't-justify-the-means type of series, actually. Like, yeah, it comes up with Thanos, but he's, like, the ultimate example of to whatever end, right? But, like, we're not out here seeing Iron Man is just straight-up murder people, like, all the time, like, Because the first time we see Iron Man on screen, he straight-up murders, like, 50 people. And it's awesome, and we like it. Captain America murders dudes, like, all the time. Like, oh yeah, he just beat people up on the boat. Yeah, that dude had a broken spine. One of them got thrown overboard in the middle of an ocean. Like, he straight-up threw someone off, off the helicarrier. Like, in Marvel, I think... Sam is very righteous and he believes, you know, very, you know, that nothing at all should ever justifies the means. But I think, at least like Bucky and a lot of other Marvel Universe characters believe that the ends justify to the means to a reasonable extent. Which I think is a good take, kind of Well,
1: like the, like, the the whole, through Trinity War, they're not willing to kill Vision to sacrifice one.
0: But then they do it in Endgame. So. Wait, what? Iron Man. Sacrifices himself to save everyone. And also, I mean, so does uh, Natasha as well.
1: To some extent it feels different, though, because they're the ones making that choice. Uh, And there's no one who can stop them.
0: Yeah, but also think think what they did to accomplish that, though. They dangerously went back in time, assembled, you know, an incredibly dangerous weapon in the Infinity Stones, and changed the world, even though some people, like Iron Man originally, Tony didn't want to change, change it back to the way it was, and they didn't change it back to the way it was. They brought them forward five years because... Those, those, that was the way that Tony best, um, that it best fit with Tony. Not, not because it's the best for the world, but because that's the way that he thinks it would be best.
1: How very selfish.
0: How very selfish of him. How dare he. (laughs) Because
1: Tony, um, so, he, he chose to do that, and in doing so, he incited all the problems for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: Yes, yeah, as well as um, Peter had some problems as well. I'm pretty sure from that happening, like if they lost their their house. I think. I think that I think they did, did they? Not I think they did. I think it came up in Far From Home. And I'm trying to think of some other problems, like his. Well, I mean, his school kind of got you know screwed. Like think about it, like your entire like. Graduating class, half of them are just gone, and now you're just with a bunch of people who are five years younger than you. Who are like now part of your like class. Like, that would be quite strange.
1: Okay, j- j- just just j- just be funny for a second. Can you imagine how funny that would be for sports? You're, uh, oh you're like goodness. a junior on a team, on a team, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, you're, what are you guys?
0: Yeah, know, it's like. Oh, you're so little brother.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, you were you were young. <laughs> I don't know, like you're you're the senior, you're like the team captain, you're the best player on the team, you know everyone, right? And now just like, who who are you, people? <laughs> it's like a new new captain, like completely new squad in there. It's like, oh my god, what is going on? mean.
1: Well, half the squad would still be there. Half the squad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the divisiveness?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It, that would be... It'd be weird. Though, it's kind of funny though, that? <laughs> I mean, just because it's, it's a movie, all of like all the major characters from Spider-Man's friend, who had done up getting flipped. Him, MJ, Ned, Betty. I'm trying to think. Flash. Flash. Yeah. It, and is I know for sure at least one teacher. The um the guy that sat next to Peter on the plane. The
1: the, the white guy with glasses.
0: Yeah. He said that his wife pretended to blip with him. <laughs> 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 really out of <had> the bear. <laughs> well, I mean like <laughs> You can't blame her, (laughs) but it's funny that she tried to cover it up. (laughs) Yes. I know. I don't know about the other teacher if that like was looking up like witchcraft and sorcery.
1: I mean, the 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 probability that any specific combination of people die or or get left is exactly the same as the probability any other combination. Yeah. The probability that it's that Peter
0: and Ned both get lipped is the same as the probability that Peter gets lipped and Ned does not get lipped? Yeah, it's like. It doesn't matter. It's just. Alright, I think. I think we're back now. Cut. Okay. Our recording cut off. I think it's working now. Hopefully. Well, I'll see I'll see later. If not, it was pretty good. Happy with that. So, the
1: question for you is. Um, which
0: do you think would be more traumatic? not I think a flipping would be m- m- less traumatic. I think because when you the world is essentially the same as it was. Well, maybe not the exact same, but Unless, like, you'd lost someone while you were, like... Someone really important to you while you were gone. Everyone is still there, right? You might, like, have lost your house and some, you know, weird shit happened. But, like... The world... Is... Relatively... well screwed up... Still the same world as it was when, um... You left. But... If you didn't blip... Like... One, just 50% of the world population is gone. So you not only lose, like, you know, 50% of the people you care about, but now the world's just, like, completely screwed up. Like, sports probably won't get played for a long time. The government's probably going insane. Like, just, like, you know, the whole world, like... I'm pretty sure just, like, you know, the world just become darker, just a more dark, depressing place for people. I think, like, in a reasonable world, like, how we would, like... It would probably be looked upon as, you can't explain this, so you probably, you, so you can't explain it, so you probably go to, like, religious, probably a religious idea of, we're being punished for, you know, what we did. Like, that's literally the most reasonable explanation, is that, to just, like, oh my god, so the world's probably just, you know, completely depressed, like, everyone's depressed, like, oh my god. They like, haven't lived through five years of that. And then, all of a sudden, everyone comes back. And, you know, they haven't aged five years. You've aged five years. And now you have to deal with this whole completely, like, old but new world where, like, everything you lost is just magically back now. And it's all supposed to be better. Like, I feel like that's way more traumatizing. Also, you just so you see your friends turn to dust. Like think that's, that's an added, added um, benefit there on top of that.
1: I would be interested in like looking at what was I, what was i doing when during when this happened? that was that would be an interesting question
0: yeah i mean i, I know in, in uh, far from home, there was like a funny clip of like like the marching band blipped got right back in during a basketball game, so yeah. someone just got absolutely <laughs> clobbered by, by people running down the basketball court.
1: I appreciate
0: that they used some levity for that. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, you know, they, I think the, the starting of Far From Home was very good. They took, they yeah. were like, oh, here's some, you know, endgame, like, oh my god, it's it, it's over, it all ended out nicely, and, like, Far From Home, they just, like, threw a comedic lens on it. Like, yeah, this is, like, really screwed up, guys. Come <laughs> on, pay attention here. <laughs> we
1: thought this was a good idea. <laughs>
0: Some really smart guy who invented time travel. <laughs> well,
1: you know, you can't time travel So, it, it... Apparently, no, I'm not going to try to explain it. Watch Endgame if you want to
0: try to explain Oh my goodness. They, <laughs> they explained it so badly in Endgame. <laughs> like, the, like, the Hulk sentence, it's like... I, I've listened to it a hundred times. but like, this doesn't make sense. Like, multiverse theory makes sense... Like once you get it, but like explaining it in movies without like a good visual kinda representation is kinda just like
1: eh, eh
0: bad. Yeah, it, it's done better in all other other universes. Dragon Ball does it pretty well actually. <coughs> Excuse me, thank you. We're- thing the characters didn't even know that it was like a multi-first theory universe until they time traveled for the first time because they thought they were going to go back and fix the world like they go back then so they go back they change things and they go back to like their original timeline they're like wait <laughs> why is everything still blown up i think that i think that's kind of a cool way to do it like i mean you don't really know what's gonna happen. True,
1: not, with time, less time, be cool.
0: Yeah, I know. Been, we don't. We don't. We don't even really like. There's no really good scientific explanation of what happened, besides the fact that it's not possible. Most likely. You're
1: Light, which is not possible. Forward,
0: you can go forward. You can't go back, probably. Like.
1: Time to pass. You can age at a different rate than other people if you travel at a significant portion of the speed of light.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only way it would be possible, like, the only reasonable ways that we could, like, <laughs> think about it would be wormholes or black holes, because they're screwy when it comes to time. So. Maybe potentially we have no idea because it's things that are barely even understood as it is like right now.
1: It like it's... It's
0: stupid. <laughs> Don't learn about it.
1: I, was, I took like I took modern modern British class mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, you know, if there's ever thought, you know, like this world is a simulation. This has got to be the best evidence for it. Because this can't possibly be how the world works.
0: Yeah, I know. Or, like, uh... Einstein is, and his issue with, um... Quantum stuff. What, what do they call it? It's, like, um... Freaky... Something movement where, like, electrons can be in, like, two places at the same time.
1: Uh, wave particle duality. Yeah. There's
0: like There's, like, some, like, other... It's like Freaky Something movement or Like, it's literally named that. It's like, and Einstein's like, no, this is so dumb. It's so wrong. This absolutely can't be right. And it's like, nope, that's that's how it works. And this thing can, like, randomly just completely disappear and come back in a completely separate location if it's, like, small enough. Uh, Einstein, one
1: of my intentions, closely related to quantum mechanics God does not play dice. There has to, so, and what he meant by that was there mm-hmm. has to be some interpretation of the wave function other than a probability distribution. But there's got to be some definitive meaning. It can't just be a probability distribution. Einstein, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were wrong. To <laughs> our knowledge, it's a probability
0: distribution. <laughs> it's like, huh, that's, that's very interesting, Matt. That is how the world works. That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs>
1: our macroscopic eyes, no, no, <laughs> not remotely.
0: No, even just reasonably, it's like so. You, matter is supposed to have a fixed point in time and space, right? No, mm, no. no. Huh.
1: The more the, the more certainty you know a particle's position, the less certainty you know the particle's momentum. It doesn't come into play until you get quantum. No.
0: Yeah, I mean. Quantum stuff is stupid. It's, it's fun though. It's stupid. I mean, it's fun that they just like in like in the Marvel universe. If you want to just have some weird science stuff, it's just oh quantum this and up. Oh, that's that's how it works now.
1: And <laughs> they're yeah, yeah, yeah. collecting quantum healing particles. Guess what? Those are particles.
0: You just put quantum in front of them. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> sounds cool. <laughs> quantum
1: helium atoms. It's just healing atoms. You can't break out healing atoms anymore. An atom is as a small as possible building block.
0: I know. Or like, I don't know, like what would be a parody of this? But like, just think exactly like, like you said, we're getting collecting quantum healing particles. That they're just healing particles. You're using quantum to sound smart. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, stop. No, no. No, like you're talking to a dog. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I wanna. But it sounds my PhD in quantum <laughs> theory says says I can do this. Like no, it no, doesn't. Just flip it over. You are allowed to put quantum in front of any word or phrase. Enjoy.
1: Or phrase
0: to sound smarter. Or <laughs> Ant Man asked um... Natasha, you ever study quantum physics and she has only to make conversation because she talked to Bruce they dated? You ever picked that up before?
1: I thought she was being sarcastic. No! I will also tell you, gamma radiation is a lot less exciting when they make it out to be in the
0: It just, it just, it's like it's deadly though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's high energy photons.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't turn you into the Hulk. It just kills you, sadly.
1: Um, it can. It also has very high penetration. Yeah. So you need several inches of lead to stop it.
0: Yeah. Like it comes off in smaller amounts out of like any like nuclear or not nuclear, but any uh radioactive decay.
1: Depends on which radioactive decay, but yes, it's usually a byproduct.
0: Yeah. I know we were gonna do a radiation, like yeah, radiation lab, but it got canceled for my chem class this I was a little sad about that because it relates to my major, and we didn't get to do it. That is unfortunate. unfortunate.
1: Actually, uh, radioactive decay is modeled by a differential equation.
0: I, I, I I technically do know that. (laughs) It's not off the top of my head. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think, I think that stuff is relatively interesting. Um, have you ever seen um, Chernobyl or heard about it? I've heard about it, before. It's on HBO. I've never, like, watched the full thing, but I've seen, like, a lot of, like, clips from it. Mm-hmm. seems like a, it's a pretty good show from what I've heard. Nuclear
1: power is... Dangerous,
0: too. Yeah. No, I mean, we could probably use some more. <laughs> it seems like a lot more simple solution than I don't know most other renewable energy sources.
1: Uh, a reactor right, right there. Nuclear
0: energy is not a renewable energy source. Well, <clears throat> not rene- <laughs> non extremely polluting energy source. Not that radiation isn't polluting, but mm-hmm. you, you know it can be contained. In- Yeah. The
1: the the, there are a few problems with nuclear. um, The first is you don't get a very high net energy. Um, So like when you consider all the energy you put in to getting energy out of nuclear, Mm -hmm. you don't get a lot. Yeah. Um, You have byproducts you have to store for a long time. Um, You also need very high upfront cost to get the plant.
0: Right. Um,
1: but, like you said, it does have some very interesting uses.
0: Yeah, I know. I just think, with our current technology, I just think it's probably the easiest solution to our energy issues. Like, at least, like, like solar is great, but it's very bad on efficiency. And they're also, like, the materials that are used to make them aren't exactly great for the environment, either. And... I think wind and hydroelectric have a lot of potential, but they're kind of slept on. And they're also, like... They take up a lot of space. Wind is kind of inconsistent. And, like, also materials can cause, can, can cause some issues there. And it takes take a lot of space. That generate a lot of power for like wind wind farms. But like I think like ocean type like wind farm stuff I know has been like um like discussed, I think that's a good idea.
1: There are options.
0: There are options, we just don't do them because we're dumb. I think humans are very poorly equipped for solving an, a looming issue.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't really think like as a plan that we've never really had to solve a looming issue before, we're very good at see that thing over there. Go fix it. Go smack it or go beat it up. Like we can do that very easily. But like, hey, if you guys don't do this in 20 years, you're gonna pay for it. We're just like, nah. A guy in 20 years will fix it. We'll
1: have them fight that battle. <laughs>
0: yeah, like. That's, that's kind of just the human way to deal with it, and we're probably going to pay for it. Well, we least to get rid of Florida. We don't like it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, uh, the, the,
1: the armpit of America. Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> that is a fantastic description.
0: Like, it wasn't even that much hotter there than in than in uh Wisconsin. It's just like like, you're closer to the sun, it feels like, like, Just standing in the sun is just like so, 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 so much worse. That's just weird.
1: It's probably more direct sunlight.
0: Yeah. So now, I know like when it hit noon there, the sun would be like, directly vertical, and we like, never get that in Wisconsin. It's always kind of like, a bit like, off the angle. You can get some shade somewhere. Yeah. You want to wrap this up? Yep.
1: All right. Thank you for listening to all our viewers out there. Yep. Bye, everyone.